came in for a mission. The snap. Winston sells the play action fake again. Look sideline. Bay route toward the corner of the end zone. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans takes it over the shoulder. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannons. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. Now live from Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Here's your host, Bucks team reporter, Casey Phillips. Hey there, Bucks fans. Thanks again for being with us here on this Monday afternoon, our favorite hour of the week when we get to have a player here live with us at Hooters on Hillsborough. And today I'm so excited to be joined by offensive lineman, our center, Ryan Jensen. Ryan, thanks for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Casey. Um, super excited. We have a lot to, to talk to you about later on. That's a little bit more the, the personal stuff, a big award you've been nominated for, a few things like that. But for right now, we're going to get into uh, the game from yesterday a little bit. First of all, um, hadn't gotten to talk to you since coming home off of that crazy long road stretch. Uh, how nice was it just to have a couple games at home and, and to be done with that? Yeah, definitely. It's always uh, it's always good to get back and uh, not have to get on a plane and and travel and uh, being able to just play at home. It's uh, it's it's nice on the body. How had you uh, felt like that was going to be in terms of the expectations when you heard about that five game road stretch and then what it actually ended up being like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always tough going uh, six weeks pretty much without a home game. Um, but you know, that's just something we mentally you have to prepare for and. Uh, you know, try to play your best uh, through that through that uh, streak of games. And then, how about now the, having these couple home games? Um, did it? How would it feel just to get back in front of Bucks fans and then and to not have to travel? Did it feel like your body even was in a better position these last two weeks? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's always nice uh, not having to hop on a plane right after a game and uh, you know being able to you know get that recovery process done a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, it's always it's always good to get back in front of the home fans and uh, uh, you know play in front of uh, you know the home Tampa Bay. Try to explain what it is like on your body um, by this point in the season, typically, when you still know you, you still have several games left. Um, what percent do you tend to feel separate from injury? You know, we always talk about there's the difference in, like, hurt and injured. Um, so separate from injury, when, when you're not injured, how do you tend to feel at this point in the season? Yeah, definitely. It's always a, it's a struggle to uh, get your body back. And at this point of the year, it's always uh, getting ready for Sunday and, uh, and taking those extra steps uh, throughout the week to uh, get your body back and, you know, I would say by Sunday, you know, you're feeling about 98 to 100%, but, you know, throughout the week, you're probably 60, 70% most of the week. And uh, this time of year, it's uh, when the extra stuff in the training room and, and tubs and the extra treatment and stuff like that, that uh, helps get you back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about in the game yesterday? I know that offensively it was tough because you guys were hardly on the field for the longest time. Um, and that it definitely makes you sort of change your, your game plan a little bit. So as that was unfolding, the way that it went down, the fact that you guys – hardly had any plays in that first quarter. How did that affect you guys in the in the moment, and um, how big of a change was that to what you guys planned on doing? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's tough being down uh, 13 to nothing with only running five plays in the first quarter. Uh, you know, it, it gets you behind, and, uh, you know, it changes the game plan on, on both sides of the ball, and, you know, it's something we just got to respond and, and put put together more, uh, you know, longer drives early on. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough getting down in, I guess, a good team like that, but, you know, we, we uh, just got to fight through that. And how big is it to have to change, to essentially abandon the, the running game as a whole? Um, how does that affect you guys when you've spent all week game planning, essentially, especially when you're trying to script out so many of those initial plays, and then you have to make that big change? What does that do for you guys, and then especially someone like you that's having to really orchestrate a lot of what the offensive line's doing? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's It always uh, stinks getting away from the run early on, that early on especially. Um, but, you know, 
throughout the week we prepared to you know throw the ball more than more than anything and uh you know our preparation was was pretty good for for that game and knowing what they were going to throw at us but yeah definitely uh it it's hard to uh, you know have a game plan where you know you plan on running the ball a little bit more and uh, you get down that early uh it's it's tough but you just got to fight back what is your role as a center in that situation when there are changes happening? How does that affect what you're called upon to do in those moments? Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it changes things. You know, me and Jameis have to be on the same page. And, uh, you know, when we make in-game uh, changes with protection, uh, et cetera, you know, it, it happens fast. You know, you know, a change comes and, uh, you know, you're talking, you get about 30, 40 seconds to talk, and then it's, uh, you know, out on the field and, and executing those uh, those changes. But, you know, it's uh, – that's that's a good thing about you know being around the game quite a quite a long time and uh, th those changes are a little bit easier. I know we've we've heard so much about how you know Bruce Arians is all about the no risk and no biscuit, but he really is still a lot about the running game. He wants to really lead with that, and um, I think it is a, a much bigger percentage of the offense than maybe some people would have expected coming in. And how big has that been for you guys to be able to have that before this last Sunday? And and just what growth have you seen from Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones so far this year? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's always nice as an offensive lineman. You know, we, we want to run the ball. Uh, you know, it, throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game isn't, isn't ideal for an offensive lineman. But uh, definitely having the running game uh, going a little bit better than we did last year. Uh, you know, it's been awesome. Peyton and Rojo, they've, they've came a long way from uh, last year. And, and knowing, you know, how to, you know, run certain plays a little bit better and, and stuff like that. But their uh, Rojo's definitely uh, come along uh, really well. We're talking offensive lineman Ryan Jensen. Tell us why that is that offensive linemen like to run the ball so much more than pass. Yeah, definitely. Uh, running the ball, you actually you can take the fight to them where uh, throwing the ball, you know, they're they're getting three, four steps, getting up to full speed and, and hitting you on every play. And uh, there's not much. Uh, it, it's a little bit more, you know, passing game. It's a little bit more passive of blocking. Um, but uh, it's definitely – uh, a little bit harder uh, to, you know, pass block that that many times in a game. But again, that we just got to establish a run earlier. How much does that affect you guys when you are having to pass block that many times? What are the things that that can really do to you as the game goes on? Is it about an exhaustion level sort of thing, or what? What are the different impacts that that can have? You know, it's just it's just different. Uh, it's it's one of those things that's kind of hard to explain. Um, but you know, when you're running the ball, you can take the fight to them, and uh, you know you're. You're, you're leaning on them and, and putting your weight on them and, and pushing them around where, you know, when you're pass blocking, you know, they're kind of bringing the fight to you a little bit more and, and you know, more pushing and, and leaning on you. And it's, you know, it, it wears you out a little bit more, but uh, that's just the, that's the nature of the game. What would you say is the reason if, if a certain offensive line is doing way better at either pass blocking or run blocking, what is the reason for that and why a line might be better at one than the other? You know, that's just it, – sometimes it, it's based around the offense. And, you know, personnel, uh, you know, all offensive linemen have different uh, skill sets. And, uh, you know, certain O-lines are built more to establish a run and, and you know, be a, a team that runs the ball, you know, 30, 40 times a game. You know, if you're running the ball 40 times a game, that's a lot. But, uh, you know, you look at, you look at Minnesota, uh, they, they're a run-first type offense. And, you know, they're running the ball 25, 30 times a game. And, uh, you know, they have a, a different little skill set. Um, you know, they might not be – as good in the, the pass game, but you know they're decent or, or better in the run game. And whenever there's a game that has several turnovers in it um, on the offensive side of things, what is the mentality that you guys try to have in those moments? Because I know that's got to be kind of deflating, you know, when you're going down the field and then all of a sudden that's it, it's over, you don't even get to try for the field goal or anything like that. So um, for you, as especially a veteran guy, a, you know, anchor of the offensive line, what's the mentality there and how do you guys work to, to not let that bother you too much? Yeah, definitely. Turnovers are a, a huge part of the game and we, you know, uh, work to reduce those as much as possible. But 
you know, when a, when a turnover happens like that, you know, you, you hope you can rely on the defense to uh, hold them to a field goal or, uh, you know, get the, get the ball back, uh, having them kick the ball back to us. But, you know, when you get back on the field, it's just it's one of those things you got to kind of forget about it and, and go on to the next series. What is the dynamic between, let's say, offense and defense if there is a certain game where one side of the ball is, is maybe playing a lot better than the other or there are certain plays that one side of the ball is making that really ends up making life harder for the other side of the ball? How does that work in a locker room? You know, and it's so different than, say, basketball where everybody's playing all the positions, all the things, mm -hmm. where you really only have one side that's, that you have any impact over. Yeah, definitely. Uh when, when those kind of games happen where, you know, say maybe two phases of the game, you know, say offense and special teams are playing really well and the defense is struggling, you know, as an offense and special teams, we have to, uh, you know, pick up the slack a little bit and we have to, you know, you know, protect them essentially. And, you know, same thing goes if the offense is struggling, defense is balling out, you know, uh, defense, you know, might have to do a little extra things. But that's that's what makes football such a good sport is, uh, you know, it's a full on it's a full team sport. And uh, whenever, you know, let's say Jameis has thrown an interception, do you feel, because you work so closely with him and the quarterback center exchange is, is so important, um, do you ever try to encourage him or are there things that you say in those moments or how, how, what kind of role do you feel like you have in those times? Yeah, definitely. Whenever something like that happens, you know, it's, it's always a, it's a quick little interaction with Jameis, you know, hey, forget about it, let's move on to the next thing, that's all we can do. You know, uh, you know keep playing fearless and let's, let's just go. What is it like to uh, to work with him on a, a daily basis and, and just what all you have learned about him in your time being here and the uh, the relationship you guys have and, and just what it's like to work alongside of him day by day? Yeah, definitely one thing I'll say about Jameis, he's one of the hardest working guys in the, if not the hardest working guy in the building. He's he's at the building and quarter to six every morning and he's not out of there until five o'clock at night, sometimes later. Um, but, you know, Jameis, uh, he, he cares about the game, he cares about his teammates and uh, that's something I've, I've noticed very early on, uh, you know, last year when I first got here about how much he cared about all the guys. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great leader and, uh, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys in the, in the building. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you, whenever you play a, a division team for the second time, um, I'm imagining that the dynamic is a little different than the first time because you've gotten to see a little bit about what they do and uh, have a little bit better understanding in theory of, of the game plan they're going to have coming in. What were the biggest things that they did, either similar or different, than the first time you guys played them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's always some you know, similarities of what they, uh, what they did uh, from the first game to the second game. You know, they kind of came out with the same game plan, but there's always a different nuance in the in the you know, blitzes and, and certain things they do on defense. And, you know, that's uh, what, you know, that's what, what teams do, uh, especially playing for the second time of the year. They're kind of, they're going to look at the, what we did that was successful against them and what uh, they did that was successful against us. You know, we, you look at that and uh, you try to combat that uh, with, with the game plan. And how hard is that chess match when you don't really want to show all your cards, but you also want to do enough to try to win and, and that balancing act of, of how you decide what all to use when in the season, how, how big of an impact is that on when you guys are trying to figure out what works? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's a different, different chess match every week and uh, trying to figure out what's going to crack the other defense. Um, you know, that's, that's something we, we work on hard and, and try to get figured out and, you know, every team's a little different, so there's there's little ways to attack teams uh, differently. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's a it's a, a week in week out type of a process. How uh, how difficult or tough to play is their front seven? Their front seven, you know, they're a, a really good good front seven. Uh, you know, I, I take nothing away from them. They're they're a, they're a really good team. They have a really good uh, front seven, and you know, their their back end's pretty pretty good too. So uh, you know, they're a, a, a well-rounded uh, good team. And 
coach has said that um, you guys had a really good week of practice and that it just somehow didn't translate. And he said that he start, he's seen that a lot recently where all week it just feels like you guys have it all figured out. And he was basically kind of joking today in the press conference that he's starting to believe in sports psychology, which he never did before, um, that there must there's some disconnect happening between practice and the game. Is, is that something that you have felt as well? And do you have any explanation behind why that would be the case? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's noticeable, uh, obviously. You know, we go through, go through practice and see looks in practice that we see in the game, and we, we nail it in practice, but we don't nail it in the game. And, uh, you know, we, we're, that's something as a team we're trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many nuances of the game. It's like, why can't we take what we're doing in practice, you know, looking at these same exact looks and then go and execute and, like we did in practice in the game. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something we're, we're trying to work on and figure out. All right, we still have plenty more coming up here with offensive lineman Ryan Jensen. We're going to talk about an award he has uh, been nominated for and some awesome charity work that he and the line are about to do as well. So make sure you stay here with us. We'll have more from Hooters on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Hey there, Bucks fans. Thanks again for being with us on this Monday afternoon like we are every Monday from 5 to 6 here at Hooters on Hillsborough. Stop on by, hang out, get an autograph and a photo with the player. And we are joined today by offensive lineman Ryan Jensen. Ryan, thanks again for being with us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is where we get to know you a little bit more, and I love this segment. And uh, I know for you a couple awesome things we get to start out with. For one thing, it was the Salute to Service game yesterday, which I know is something near and dear to your heart. What is it like to be part of those games specifically and, and all the, um, the fanfare that goes with it, all of the ways that they honor? or the military and, and just what is it like to be out on the field and one of the players in a game that's about the military yeah definitely it's awesome uh it's just, it's always cool seeing uh you know all the military members uh whether they be in, in uniform or, or in civilian clothes it's it's just it's awesome uh you know with a, a close tie to the military and my family uh being able to see them and uh you know shake hands with them and just you know have a, a quick conversations with them before the game it's it's uh it's special and you have now been nominated to be the Salute to Service Award uh, nominee for the Buccaneers. And how, how big was that for you to realize that that was something that you had been nominated for for this team? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely an honor. It's very humbling um, to, you know, just be nominated for something of that magnitude. And uh, when, I, when they told me, it was kind of like, wow, you know, it, it kind of made me speechless. I'm like very appreciative. And uh, it's just it's awesome to see um, – what we can what we can do with it yeah and and what all has been some of the things that you've got to do with the military or um that has led to you being this this nominee yeah you know i i try to do all the, the base visits we can do possible uh you know anytime there's uh, any type of uh, military day at practice or, or anything like that just spending time with the military uh, members and uh the servicemen and women it's 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 amazing and uh for me i every game i i uh, donate 18 tickets to different uh, military organizations, uh, whether that be Wounded Warriors or, or uh, you know, whatever. They get 18 games to each home game, and uh, to me that's uh, it's a, it's an awesome uh, uh, opportunity for me to give back. Yeah, that's huge. And, and why is the military the cause that's so near and dear to your heart? You know, uh, my grandfather was a, a Vietnam uh, war veteran, and, uh, you know, he fought in Vietnam and Korea, and, and it was always a, a huge part. And anytime we went and visited him, you know, you, you walked in his front door and he had a, 
uh, picture him graduating uh, jump school. And it's just something that always stuck with me. And uh, coming from a small town, we, you know, a lot of times small town kids are, are the ones that join the military. And, you know, growing up in a, in a small town, had a lot of friends and, and people that I knew that, that joined the military. So it's, uh, it's definitely a... Uh, uh, you know, kind of near and dear to me, just having having friends and family members that uh, served. Yeah, that's huge. And I know another cause that's close to your heart is uh, rescuing dogs. <laughs> um, so tell everybody a little bit about your uh, your family dogs and then why this is something that's important to you. Yeah, I definitely have a, have a two dogs right now. Uh, rescued one uh, about six years ago and uh, from an inner city Baltimore uh, rescue. And, you know, it started out as, uh, you know, my old lab needed a, needed a buddy to play with. And you know, the first thing for a lot of people is to uh, go and buy a dog when there's uh, tons and tons of uh, loving dogs that are, are just needing, uh, needing homes and, and shelters that, you know, they just may need a second, uh, second shot at life. And uh, once I rescued it, it really uh, changed my perspective on, on that. And that's something I'm a big advocate is, is for uh, rescuing dogs instead of, uh, instead of buying. That's amazing. Um and then another uh, community and uh, sort of giving back thing that you guys get to do soon, the offensive line every year does turkey time with the O-line, which is going to be uh, next week at this exact time. It'll be going on. So uh, tell everyone a little bit about turkey time and, and what you've learned about it since being here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, being here for my second year, uh, not really knowing what exactly it was last year, uh, being able to be a part of it, it's, it's an awesome uh, outreach program for, for us where – as often as the O-line and the O-line room, I think we raised over $35,000 this year um, where we're going to su- uh, supply uh, Thanksgiving dinner for uh, I'm not sure how many, um, I'm not sure how many families yet, but uh, every year we, we just, we get uh, a turkey and all the fixings for everybody that, uh, you know, might need some help in the community and they, they roll through and, uh, you know, we'll give them a, a, a really nice uh, turkey dinner. And how great is it to do something like that with the whole O-line? It's, it seems like whenever you guys are doing that, you guys are having a blast too. That yes, you're giving back, but it also looks like something that you guys are really enjoying doing. Yeah, definitely. It's always fun giving back to the community and, and just being around the guys and, and, you know, being part of something so special and uh, that, that helps a lot of families. It's, it's, it's always a fun time. And we always hear that offensive line is the position you need the most um, in terms of chemistry on the field, that you guys have to be so in sync with each other. And mm-hmm. um, would you say that you guys might be the closest position group off the field as well? Yeah, I think so. I think we're always uh, we're always trying to spend time with each other, you know, outside work. And, uh, you know, every Thursday we go out to uh, O-line dinner and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's always nice, uh, you know, having a group of guys, you know, that you can be close to, you know, in the facility and, and, and out of work. How big is the bill for an O-line dinner? <laughs> You know, we, we, we try to keep it pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty low, as low as possible. But, you know, we're, you know, anywhere from 800 to $1,200, probably for, you know, you know, around 12 guys. So it's not, not terrible. You're looking about $100 a, a head. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always, it's, it's good because it's another one of those uh, uh, bonding uh, opportunities. Who on the line do you think could eat the most if challenged to an eating contest? <sighs> I think... Probably Allie. I think Allie would, would take that. Uh, you know, he, he's always uh, so cognizant about not eating too much at the O-line dinner, so I think he could really throw some food down. Yeah, if, if what you've seen of him at the dinner is him trying not to eat a lot, <laughs> that you can imagine if he just, like, if he just, abandoned it and yeah. all said, let's just go. Oh, yeah, if he just if he just let it go, I think he could probably eat the most. And would you be a close second or no? Maybe maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Now, now I, whenever I eat too much, I, it, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts too much. It hurts. It hurts. Um, and you said that you actually host – 
uh, a lot of the guys for Thanksgiving uh, each year now that um, depending on if you know it's something that a lot of people probably forget just the idea that hey these holidays are happening during the season you guys don't have time to really go anywhere because it's middle middle of the game week mm -hmm. so um, how, how cool is that to get to have, you know, your, your family that you have, your, your wife and, and, and kid there, but then also your, your work family, essentially? Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. Uh, you know, nobody wants to spend holidays alone. And uh, my rookie year, I, I spent, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, alone just because, you know, a lot of guys didn't have people over or most people had family in town and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we always wanted to be that house where, you know, if, if you don't have anybody in town, and you don't have nowhere to go. You know, you always got a you always got a, a spot to eat here, so it's a it's always a good uh, good time for them, especially the guys who aren't expecting to you know have maybe a good Thanksgiving dinner or something like that to have them over. Yeah, that's great. And how challenging is it to provide food for that many football players? <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's it's hard. Uh, we got two 20 pound turkeys and a, a 10 pound ham right now. So <laughs> oh uh, for know. approximately how many guys? Uh, I'd say probably we usually get about 10 to 15. Wow. So there's there's plenty of leftovers always, and uh, always send them home for. Uh, uh, with some leftovers and, you know, for dinner that night or uh, breakfast the next morning. And you said you're in charge of making the meat, yes? Yes. This is something that if anyone follows you on social media, <laughs> they know you are very passionate about cooking and barbecuing. Uh, so where, when did you get into this and how, how would you rate your skill set at a, at a grill or at cooking? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I feel like I got my, my specialties uh, on the grill. Definitely steak and brisket and pulled pork and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, pump my own my own uh, numbers up. But yeah. you know, I would, I would say out of ten, I'm, I'd eight and a half, nine Not out of ten. Not too shabby. You know, I, I can cook a steak and, and and cook some brisket. Nice. I like that. I bet that is a big way to win some friends in that locker room. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had Bo Allen on last week, and he was discussing the fact that you guys get confused for each other all the time. <laughs> uh, he had even put on his Instagram. Uh, essentially a photo of, you know, this is me, this is not Ryan Jensen. Uh, how often does this happen? And he said it even happens within the Buccaneers building. Oh, all the time. You know, our security guard at the, at the front uh, gate, he mixes me and Bob up all the time. Uh, here, here's a funny story. It actually happened on uh, Friday. We were at the store, and Bo happened to be at the store with his mom. And his mom mistaked me for Bo. No way. His, his own mother. No uh, way. So uh, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, we were in the store looking for something, and, and Bo and uh, his family was was there looking at something, and uh, we were both wearing like the same sweatshirt. Yep. And his mom was like, "Hey, I know you like joking around." And I turned around. She goes, "Oh, I thought you were Bo." Oh but, my! Hey, Ryan, but I how do you doing? actually know you. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it was uh, it was pretty funny. In her defense. How many 300-plus-pound redheaded guys wearing a Buccaneers sweatshirt should there be in a single store? So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in her defense, that's fair. But that is not – I feel like for Bo, that's not great when your own mother – Yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's a good story for sure. I asked him uh, which one of you should be more offended – by the fact that you get uh, confused for each other. And that was when he suggested we needed to have you on the show because uh, we needed both of you guys to answer that if he was going to answer, he didn't want to be the only one answering. So tell me your answer now. Uh, I think I think I, I should be the more offended one, you know, when somebody <laughs> sees Bo and thinks it's, uh, you know, thinks it's me. But now nah, yeah. uh, you, you're like, this is so rude. It's, it's, cause it's funny because like, I look at him and I'm like, we don't look anything alike. Yeah. I, I don't get it, you know, uh, but. Uh, it happens it happens more than you think. That's pretty great. It's, it's essentially just the hair, which he also does not like to call himself a redhead. Yeah, you he, you fully claim this. Yeah, I'm a redhead. Bo's not a redhead. Oh, you, know? you don't claim him even as a redhead. No, nah, I don't. He, he's, a, he's a blonde, strawberry blonde. He, he 
he's not a true redhead. Oh, yeah. It sounds like <laughs> it's this exclusive club that you have to really earn your way into oh, that you're yeah. proud of. Definitely. You have to be. Yes. And uh, your, your hair was something you definitely joked a lot about once you moved down to Florida and experienced uh, true <laughs> humidity for the first time. Yes. Uh, you said that it took some effort for you to learn exactly what to do. For, for people who maybe haven't seen exactly that, Bo, that Bo's hair is not nearly as, as curly as yours. Yours is the very, very curly and red and, and a lot of it. Uh, have, you, have you learned the Florida ways yet? Keep it up as much as possible. Just, yeah, just <laughs> not even wear it down. Yeah, but no, just a lot of conditioner. That was something that uh, somebody told me. It was like, yeah, you don't want your hair to get too fit, frizzy and, and poofy. Just use three times as much conditioner as you normally, as you would. normally would need. I like this. Is, is Vita someone you have talked to about this? I feel <laughs> like this is the only other person on the team that could potentially understand the plight you're in. Right, yeah. No, he... Uh, Definitely see him using a lot of conditioner, too. Yes. Where, where would you say your hair ranks on the team? If you were to rank, who has the best hair on the team for I, you? I'm top five. I'd, I'd say top five, probably. Yeah? Who else would, would be making this top five? Vita, when he puts his hair down, it, it's long. Uh, who else? I mean, Bo. I mean, Ali, Ali's starting to get some lettuce up there. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's a... Uh, I would say Allie's probably in there, too. That's pretty great. I like that. Um, and I know you're also incredibly into Fortnite. <laughs> a little bit. A little, Just a teeny bit. Yeah. This is like your thing that when you have a break between meetings, like this is the go-to thing for you. How good are you at Fortnite? Uh, I'm all right. Not, nothing, nothing, to, uh, nothing to brag about. I just, it's, it's a nice uh, something to do to get off my mind. Yeah. Are you, are you better at barbecuing or Fortnite? Barbecuing, for sure. Wow. Okay. That's, okay. I thought that you'd be giving yourself more credit on the Fortnite as <laughs> nah. much as... You've, you've said you've won a lot, though, which I feel like is pretty impressive. I've won, you know, I've won my fair share. Fair but, share. But, yeah, nothing special. Um, how about for you, your, your, your background of getting here is a really interesting story because, you know, a lot of guys that we'll have on the show, it's, you know, they were the five-star recruit. They were the, uh, you know, top draft pick, and they went to the prestigious college program. And you, you definitely do not have uh, one of those stories. So for people who don't maybe know your, your background here. Ex explain how you got from who, who you were football-wise in high school and then college and then pro. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, never recruited out of high school. I mean, I was 6'2", 215 pounds when I graduated high school. Uh, never really got recruited. It was, a, it was actually a negative star recruit. A but, negative star. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he will make your team worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, uh, I went to CSU Pueblo, Colorado State University Pueblo. It's in southern Colorado. I uh, went on there, went there on a, like a $2,000 scholarship. Um, actually, didn't even want to go to college. I, right out of high school, I started working for my uncle's uh, uh, roofing and, and doing uh, doing that. And, you know, at 18 years old, making pretty good money for, yeah. uh, you know, being that young. And uh, my mom actually kind of forced me to go to school and uh, obviously worked out for the best. Yeah. Have she, how many times has she said, you're welcome for that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's. It's uh, I love my mom, and I'm, I'm glad she pushed me in that direction. Uh, but, you know, coming out of college, I was a six-round draft pick. Uh, went to Baltimore uh, with pick 203 in the 2013 draft and, uh, you know, fought my entire, you know, my entire career always being a bubble guy up until really my fifth year in the league and uh, ended up earning the starting position, uh, starting center position in, in Baltimore in uh, 2017. And, uh, took full advantage of it and uh, ended up signing here uh, last year. So it's uh, kind of a, a different, you know, not being that blue chip guy, uh, you know, really starting from the bottom and, and working all the way up. Yeah. What do you credit that growth to? I mean, that's a that's a huge amount of growth to go from being a bubble guy to the big contract here and being really the anchor point that they, they were wanting to have in this O line. I mean, what what caused that? You know, uh, perseverance is a, is a huge thing, a huge uh 
thought process in my life. You know, growing up, I did a lot of martial arts, and martial arts teach a lot about perseverance and, and uh, you know, continuing through the hard times and just persevering and, and you know, not, not giving up. And I would say a lot of that uh, had to do with uh, just that mindset of getting me to where I'm at now. And what would you say is the mindset you had when you were a bubble player? I can't imagine how essentially stressful that is when you have no idea any given day if you're going to still be on the team, on the roster, where you're going to be uh, when you do have a family. You know, what, what is that like in those moments, and how do you keep yourself sane? Yeah, definitely. It's just you just got to keep, gotta keep working. Uh, you know, the eye on the sky never lies when, you know, they're watching film every day. Uh, they're watching the scout team. They're evaluating you every day. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was stressful not knowing if you're going to have a job the next week. But, uh, you know, it also pushes you to make sure you're you're taking advantage of every uh, rep that you're out there, even if it is a scout team rep. Uh, you know, just having that mindset that uh, you're going to go make, uh, make the best of your rep. What would you say is the hardest part about playing O-line and then the hardest part about playing center specifically? For people who've never played offensive line, this is your time to get to, you know, we always say that you guys don't always get all the attention. You don't always get all the, um, either the praise or the, you know, people even really knowing down there in the trenches what all's happening. So this is your chance to tell us the, the hardest things about those, those two aspects. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, one of those positions like we, we touched on earlier about everybody has to be on the same page. And when one guy isn't doing a, a job correctly or they're not, uh, you know, going to the right guy, it messes the whole thing up. So that continuity of, of being on the same page and all that is, is one of the hardest things about um, offensive line play, uh, you know, we truly are, uh, you know, we always say five guys, you know, working in, working in unison and we're five guys acting as one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome when we all stay on the same page and, you know, you can tell uh, good offensive lines and, and offensive lines when they're, when they're on the same page, they're really working really well together. Uh, but for center, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard because you have to, you know, be on page with, with, uh, you know, you're the four of the guys on the line, but then you have to be on the same page with the tight end, the quarterback, the running backs, you know, making sure you're making the right calls and, and getting everybody on the same page. It's uh, it's this added little challenge. What all are you responsible for pre-snap? You know, I, I identify the mic, uh, you know, where we're going, uh, who's going where essentially, pass protection, same type of deal. Like I set the protection on, you know, where the back's going to end up. Uh, who's backs taken, who we're taking in the slide or whatever. And, you know, there's uh, a lot that goes on in a, in a matter of really, you know, 10 seconds once you get up on the line, you know, you break the huddle and you try to snap the ball within, you know, 13 seconds. Uh, you know, there's a lot of communication that goes on in that uh, short amount of time. All right, well, we're just past the halfway point here of Buccaneers Total Access with center Ryan Jensen. We're going to have more from Hooters brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Hey there, Bucks fans. Thanks again for being with us on this Monday afternoon like we are every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Hooters on Hillsborough. Stop on by and hang out with us. Today we have center Ryan Jensen with us, which has been so much fun. Now we've got to hear a little bit about uh, the team overall this season and uh, a little bit more about you individually and your play. I wanted to address that I don't feel like you seem to get in as many fights as you used to. Have you mellowed out in your old age? What's happening here, man? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I've just I've been playing a little bit smarter and uh, – not doing as much uh, dumb stuff, you know. Uh, last <laughs> the technical year. terms yeah, for the, it, yes. The technical term. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, growing up a little bit and, and maturing and, and doing things that aren't going to hurt the team. Uh, last year I had a bunch of penalties, and that was one of my goals coming in this year was uh, to play smarter. That's huge. And I know that there's always such a fine line between you want to play 
sort of mean and nasty where you're imposing your will. But like you said, you don't want to be costing extra yardage. And how do you mentally try to walk that fine line where you're not you're not playing soft, but you're also not, you know, sitting there and, and drawing penalties and making mistakes in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I think every every game has its uh, its its vibe and and kind of getting into that uh, uh, figuring out, you know, what what the refs are going to let go and what uh, you know the way the game's going to go and uh, stuff like that. So that's definitely uh, uh, just the knowledge of of feeling that uh, the way the ebbs and flows of the game and, and stuff like that. Uh, how about going against someone like Ndamukong Sue earlier on in training camp and everything? How how helpful was that for you in preparing for the season? And, and just what was it like to um, get to know him as a, as a teammate instead of someone to be facing off against? Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh, it's always awesome having guys uh, to go against that are, are that high caliber of players. It always uh, the old saying goes, you know, iron sharpens iron, and uh, being able to practice against him, you know, for a month straight, you know, that always that helps everybody across the line. And how has he impacted maybe some of the other guys on the line and, and maybe, you know, Vita as well? How have you seen him grow and uh, just the way the two of them have been working against you guys in, in practice? Yeah, definitely. Vita has, has come a long way uh, from last year and, you know, he continues to improve, which is which is impressive. Um, you know, he's really starting to figure out the game and, and the nuances that go along with, the, you know, being an NFL defense alignment. And, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive watching him play. What are, for the two of them, what are their biggest uh, strengths, you would say, and if you were having to play against them on a Sunday, um, what would be the, the things that would be hardest for you going against the two of them? Definitely the, they're two of the strongest guys that I've probably ever uh, played against. And, uh, you know, one of their strengths is their strength. Um, you know, and Vita, for how big he is, you know, 335, 345 pounds, you know, he's, he's extremely athletic on top of being that strong and that heavy. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a hard trade to uh, – uh, you know, go against and, and, you know, sue the same thing. Very strong, very athletic. Um, you know, it's uh, those type of guys you, you definitely have to game plan against a little bit. What did you know about Bruce Arians before he came in here? I honestly didn't really know too much, uh, especially being, uh, you know, in the AFC, you know, most of his career, most of my career, he's, he's been in the NFC. Um, but not, not a ton. I know that, you know, uh, really good quarterback uh, coach, you know, offensive-minded guy. But, uh uh, for the most part, that's kind of, you know, the idea that I had of him. And how about once you got in here and got to know him, what were the biggest things that stood out to you and just what has he been like as a coach? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bruce is a uh, uh, a no-bowl type of guy, and, uh, you know, he he's he wants uh, your best, and he's uh, somebody that keeps, uh, you know, always always harping accountability and, and not making uh, dumb mistakes and not playing dumb. Have you suffered the wrath of, of B.A. <laughs> in a practice? Uh, I think everybody has yeah. at this point, you know. Uh, but – for the most part, you know, he, uh, during practice, he, you know, every once in a while he'll get, he'll get fired up at, you know, if a certain position group or something isn't, isn't, you know, practicing up to par and, you know, they're not bringing the energy, he'll, he'll get on them. And, uh, usually that, uh, changes the, uh, the way they're practicing. Yeah. That, that'll kind of amp things up a little bit. I've, I've heard that, you know, you're in trouble when he gets out of the golf cart. <laughs> Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. If, uh, if he's stirring and he gets out of that golf cart, you better, you better hold on to your butt because it's, uh, <laughs> It's, it's most likely about to get ripped uh, ripped apart. That's pretty great. Um, how about Byron Lefwich and what he's been like as an offensive coordinator, and just what is it like to get to essentially watch someone be um, learning that new role and getting to experience, you know, that that role and in, um, in, in the play calling duties for the for the first time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Byron, uh, great coach. Uh, it's it's always nice seeing a, a coach who was a player because they understand what we go through on a daily basis, and uh, you know that definitely helps him in the way he uh, 
you know thinks about the game you know he kind of he's been there he's he was a player he's been in the situations so I definitely think that uh, is an advantage for uh, you know some coaches that never played I think that's that's an advantage for uh, you know us as a team yeah and him playing quarterback how did that help not only Jameis but maybe even help you and Jameis's connection and, and communication yeah definitely you know when he's talking and he's you know doing all that you know it comes from that leadership uh, level of of like a, a you know a player and a quarterback and it's it's uh it's it's good to look up to that and see how he leads through the way he uh he attacks the day what are the dynamics between all the different coaches that you essentially would interact with i mean you have an offensive line coach then you also have harold goodwin who is essentially a run game coordinator and you have the offensive coordinator and ba and you know a lot of different people there what are the different dynamics of um how you interact with each of those guys and how they influence what you're going to be doing on a sunday yeah definitely it's a lot of it's uh, very similar um you know uh that's something I've noticed with the coaching staff is they're they're usually on uh, the same same page 99% of the time, which is which is always good because I've been in in uh, situations where coaches aren't on the same page and they're not exactly knowing, oh well, how are we going to attack this? How are we going to do this? So that's something that I've noticed throughout the years. They're usually always always on the same page. Ten games in now, uh, how would you evaluate the the run blocking that you guys have been able to do looking at the course of this whole season, even a couple of games where you didn't have your normal starting five out there, just overall as an, an entire offensive line unit, how would you say you guys have done? You know, I, I think we've we've improved throughout the year, but, you know, me being a, a hard on hard on myself and hard on, uh, you know, expectations and stuff like that, I think there's always, there's always a room for improvement. Um, but... The thing we got to do better is when we get the opportunity to run the ball, we got to we got to take advantage and you know bump that average up and and have more uh, plus runs um, and stuff like that. But I think that uh, the run game this year we've uh, been on the same page a little bit better. How about the pass blocking? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's always hard when you're throwing the ball, you know, 50 plus times a game, 40 plus times a game. But uh, you know, there's there's times where you know we're, we're out there locking guys out and. You know, there's certain times where it's, uh, you know, we're breaking down. But uh, for the most part, we just we got to keep fighting and, and keep uh, uh, keep pushing. How have you seen Alex Kappa grow since last year? I mean, you've been here for his entire career. So um, what do you remember about when he first came in, coming from a small school and then to the point where he is now, where he's been the, the consistent starter this year? Yeah, definitely. As a, as a small school guy who, you know, went through what Alex went through. Uh, you know the game has really slowed down for him. Uh, you know, there's, there's, as he would tell you, there's, there's a lot of things he still needs to improve on and, and everything like that. But really, from, from this time last year, he's uh, a completely different player. Uh, you know, he's really became a, a, a pro. You know, he's even on days off. He's, you know, on our Tuesdays, which are day off, he's, he's in there getting mobility work in and, and you know, keeping his body right and, and stuff like that. And that's, that's the, the, you know, the true sign of a of a young guy who's learning how to be a pro. That's great. And how important has the continuity been on the line? I know that, you know, Alex and DeMar had to miss a, a few games this season, but you and Allie and Donovan on that side, um, that's been incredibly consistent since you have been here. Um, how important is that for what you guys were able to do? And what are the ways that you feel that essentially on a game day that the more time you guys get together? Yeah, definitely. The more time you, you have with uh, a certain lineup or a certain uh, you know set of guys that are out there, the less you have to really worry about the you know the communication we talked about earlier you know when you have guys that are uh playing next to you for a long time uh they kind of know what you're going to do and how you're going to call things so it, it makes it easy when you know instead of me have to point the mic and then tell them who exactly they're going to it's like okay well, there's the mic this is what we're doing it, it helps speed up that process 
And what have you seen from uh, – the Bucks' defense overall when you were facing them earlier in the season or just when you're watching them in practice? I know that you guys don't tend to go against the ones mm-hmm. in practice, but uh, whether it's when you're watching them or when you did go against them more in, in training camp and things like that, um, what have you seen from, from Todd Bowles' scheme and just overall the, the quality and character of, of the defense that we have? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Todd definitely uh, has an exotic defense. He's, he's blitzing from every which direction. And um, definitely what you see with the front seven is a hard, fast-playing uh, style of defense. And uh, they're always, uh, even in practice, is uh, they're they're always out there going 100 miles an hour, which is uh, which is good for uh, a defensive line in front seven. How big was that for you guys even getting prepared? I mean, and, and explain in, in general when they are blitzing in so many different ways. How challenging is that for an offensive line? Yeah, definitely. It's always it's always tough, especially in camp, because you're not really game planning against you know your your defense, um, but. It's when when people are coming from all different directions. It always uh, it throws a little bit of wrench in uh, your your base kind of protection rules and and you know when you're trying to just learn the, the basics of the protection and watching blitzes are coming. It's uh, it definitely uh, teaches you uh, the different nuances of that protection. So it's to me it's always it's always good to see all those exotic looks. All right. Well, we still have one more segment coming up here with center Ryan Jensen. We're going to have more from Hooters on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Live from Hooters, your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back in, Bucks fans. This Monday afternoon. Thanks again for being with us like we are every Monday from 5 to 6 here at Hooters on Hillsborough. Stop on by, hang out with us. Get an autograph for a photo with a player. And today we have had center Ryan Jensen with us. It has been awesome. And it is time for our final segment now. I wanted to look um, a little bit t- uh, forward towards the Falcons game. And uh, I, overall, I just want to hear how you and, and some of the other vets in the locker room handle it now that, you know, the, the record is not what you guys wanted it to be at this point in the season. And, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a large hole at this point. So what is the approach now to a game and the way that you make sure you keep uh, the young guys especially, and, and everyone really engaged and focused and, and working hard. Yeah, definitely. That's a, a big part of, uh, you know, obviously the season isn't going the way we want it to go, but uh, as as vets and, uh, you know, the, the older guys, older starters and, and stuff like that, we got to keep the young guys uh, locked in. And that, that comes with, you know, kind of our responsibility as the leaders of the team and, and making sure that they're, they still are, are preparing the way uh, you know, to go in and win a game, even you know, say it was to get in the playoffs or something like that. That's that's how we have to approach every game, even even at the record we're at right now. What is your leadership style, and, and what level of leader would you kind of view yourself in that locker room as? You know, I I kind of feel for me, uh, I'm a I'm a room guy. Like I, I try to keep the room, uh, the offensive line room, uh, in check and make sure everybody's uh, you know doing good and on the same page and, and making sure we're, we're uh, working and, and making sure we're doing the right things. And the Falcons have had 11 sacks in the last two games. Uh, when you hear that going into a game against them, what does that make you think? You know, I kind of, we started a little bit today on them and, uh, you know, once we uh, watch a little bit more film, you get kind of more of an analysis on, on how they're doing that. But definitely when you hear a team's that hot, you know, up front, you know, getting that many sacks in two games, uh, you know, you definitely uh, – you know, you better you better tighten up the chin strap and, and get to work. How weird is it to know that um, you end up having to play the same team twice so close together towards the end of the season when you've, you know, it's your division opponent and you haven't faced them for the first time until now, you know, we're this late in the season. Um, how does that change the way that uh, those games tend to go or the dynamics there? Yeah, definitely. You, uh, 
later in the season, you definitely get a little bit more film on them, and and you can you know kind of figure out a little bit more ways to attack them and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely it's always uh, it's always challenging playing uh, the same team within. I think we play with them in three weeks within three weeks of each other, but. Um, no, it gives you that opportunity to uh, get a little bit more film on them and, and figure out uh, what, they're, what they're doing good and what uh, you know, they're struggling with. When you watch film to prepare for a game, what are the biggest things that you are watching and, and trying to learn? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you've got to learn the, the structure of the defense and, and what they do in certain situations. You know, what personnel are they in at third down compared to second down? You know, are they, are they matching, uh, you know, their, their big guys with our big formations and, and stuff like that? Um, you know, then to more detail of, of what, you know, your one-on-ones, who are you going to be playing uh, mostly in the game, learning what, they, what they're good at and what they do that uh, makes them successful. So uh, there's definitely a, a, very, a lot of nuances of the uh, studying that goes on throughout the week. Do you have different routines for home versus uh, road games? No, I mean, I, I try to get there uh, as early as possible, home games. And obviously we, we have two sets of buses that, that take us over, and I'm always on the early bus. Uh, for the away games just to get the body right and and you know get ready for the game are you a uh, superstitious person uh not terrible there's certain things but nothing uh i used to i think i'd say i was a little bit more superstitious earlier on in my career uh compared to where i'm at now but no not not terribly superstitious like what early on in the career what were the things that you used to do that maybe now you don't anymore same playlist for music uh (laughs) how many times I wrap tape around my fingers, just like <laughs> silly things like that, you know, that really don't make sense, but it's uh, kind of worked for me. You so know. what what caused you to change? Did you lose a game or something and realize, <laughs> oh, this I, I wrapped it this, the right number of times and we still lost? No, I, I don't know. I just kind of uh, got away from it for, for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Well, maybe you need to get back to it. I mean, right, maybe. Maybe this, maybe, maybe this is your fault that we lost this game. <laughs> right? You didn't wrap it the right number of times. Um, how about the idea of uh, – just the mentality is it is it essentially about playing for pride at the at this point in the season when you the record isn't what you wanted it to be is is that one of the biggest motivators when you go in there on a Sunday now I mean yeah there's there's always pride in, in what you do and if you're not pri- and if you're not being prideful in your work you know uh, I always ask like why, why are you doing it um, but you know this time of the year it's you know crazier things have happened you know we go on a run and win six in a row you never know what, what could happen but you know we just got to uh, you know, take one game at a time and and, and uh, grow as as players and, and grow as a team. As however that's going to happen, and uh, for me, it's just attacking one game at a time. Do you get any extra amped up or, or fired up for a division opponent? No, I, I try to stay pretty even keel throughout uh, throughout the year, and and you know, you know, never too high, never too low, and uh, that's just the kind of way I approach. Uh, approach the game. Is that partially what helps keep you from uh, getting in some of those fights? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, being a redhead, I, I you know, my temper <laughs> uh, gets going a little bit, but, uh, you know, I try to stay that even keel, and that's always, uh, you know, my offense line in college always always kind of said, you know, you don't want the, the peaks and valleys in your game. You want to you stay as plateaued as possible, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I approach things. Blame it on the redheadness. I like that. Oh, yeah, that's always. perfect. Perfect excuse right there. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this Monday. We'll be back next week from the Hooters on Hillsboro with a different player. This has been Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. Join us next Monday live from Hooters on Hillsboro Avenue. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio, 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg, home of the best Bucks coverage. 